Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Revolution Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, revolutionbroadcasting.com. This show is live every Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a packed show lined up for you here today. We are going to continue the discussion that we started last week about food. Food as a methodology of mind control through the destabilizing of the body and the mind-body connection. That's what we're going to continue to talk about here today and in the coming couple weeks. This is such a big topic. It's such an important topic. It touches everyone. Everyone that eats, that is. As far as I know, that's everyone on this planet. And, you know, not to belabor the point but and make this a show about food, but this is such a critically important topic to understand and to really grab the reins of because it is something that we have within a modicum of our own control, what we eat, what we put into our bodies. When we understand just how important that is, this topic becomes one of the most critical topics in the entire world, particularly as it relates to human freedom. And what I'm going to try to do over the next couple weeks is really help people understand how the topic of food and the topic of human freedom are inextricably interwoven. So that's going to be the topic of discussion here this evening. And hopefully we'll take some calls from the audience as well. What I want to do before I give the call-in number for the show is read a few event announcements for events that are coming up in my area. And the reason I do this at the top of the show is because 
It's all about action, folks. That's what it's about. It's about taking action. It's about taking right moral action in the world. That's what the great work really is. And therefore, I like to highlight some of the events that are taking place in my neck of the woods. So here we go. The event announcement. The Free Your Mind 2011 Conference Fundraiser. This is coming up in less than two weeks. Next Friday, not this Friday, coming up the following Friday, November 5th, the 5th of November, 2010, at 8 p.m. at Liberties in the Northern Liberties section of Philadelphia, Liberties Pub. Liberties Pub is at 705 North 2nd Street. That's basically at 2nd and Fairmount Streets in Philadelphia. There will be a $10 donation requested at the door. The event will feature a live musical performance by the, the folk guitarist and songwriter Chip Raymond. And there will be a 50-50 raffle. All proceeds for this event will go to offsetting the cost to bring in the out-of-town speakers for the Free Your Mind conference in April. I'll read uh, that event announcement in a couple of moments. Tickets for the Free Your Mind Conference will also be going on sale on November 5th, 2010. Tickets for the conference will be available at the fundraiser for the first time anywhere. The people who attend this fundraiser in Philadelphia will have the first chance to purchase tickets for the Free Your Mind Conference. And there is limited seating available at the conference. There is only room for approximately 200 people. We're going to print 200 tickets for each day, and once they're gone, that's it, because there are you know, fire codes for the building, and we are going to sell that building out. We are going to sell this event out for certain. So that's the Free Your Mind Conference Fundraiser, Friday, November 5th, 2010, 8 p.m. at Liberties, 2nd and Fairmount. $10 donation at the door, live music, and a 50-50 raffle. All proceeds go to uh, the cost for bringing in out-of-town speakers for the Free Your Mind Conference. Next event announcement, the UFO ET Congress 2010, November 13th and 14th at the Ramada Inn, 1083 U.S. Highway 206 North in Bordentown, New Jersey. This is a two-day event hosted by Pat Marcatilio, also known as Dr. UFO. Saturday, the event starts with a 9 a.m. registration. There's a 10 a.m. welcome speech by Pat, who is the master of ceremonies for the event. The speakers, Dennis Denokla, will be talking about UFOs, crop circles, and visitors from extraterrestrial civilizations. Dr. Julian Salt will speak on the global crisis and the New World Order's present situation. Dan Smith, his topic, the best possible world and its best possible ending. Jacqueline DeLeeds, ET Forces of Light, Will Allen and a special guest. The topic, proof is in the pictures. UFOs over D.C. and UFOs filmed by astronauts. 
Those are the speakers for Saturday. For Sunday, a 9.30 a.m. registration, and then a welcome speech by Pat Marcatilio at 10 a.m. I will be speaking at this event. I'm very honored to do so. I will be giving a talk called Don't Count on Disclosure about the deepest reasons for the worldwide cover-up of the UFO phenomenon. Mr. Bill Weber will be giving a talk called 1930s German Flying Saucers. Butch Witkowski, his topic, Underground Bases and Human Mutilation Investigations. Tim Heckman will be discussing Area 51. Joel Deem will talk about UFO abductions and sightings. The directions to get to the Ramada Inn in Bordentown Take the New Jersey Turnpike to exit 7. Then take Route 206 north, about a quarter of a mile, and the Ramada Inn is on your right. Free parking is available. Convention cost is $135 for the weekend if you register in advance. At the door cost is $75 per day. For more information about this great con conference, please go to www.drufo.org. That's D-R-U-F-O.org. The UFO ET Congress 2010. Next, the End the Fed rally. I believe they're doing another Fed stock rally where they're going to have uh, uh, concerts on the lawn at Independence Visitor Center. This is going to be happening on November 20th at 11 o'clock a.m. in Philadelphia. The first component of this rally is at the Federal Reserve Building at 6th and Arch Streets. Then everyone will be, there'll be some speeches out, outdoors at the Fed Building, and then they'll be moving to the lawn at the Independence Visitor Center at 5th and Market, where there will be more speakers and a concert. For more information about this event, please get involved. Uh, the Federal Reserve uh, lies at the core of the erosion of our natural, God-given freedoms in, in this country and throughout the world. It is one of the chief organizations that is attempting to destroy individual sovereignty and freedom. And uh, you could check out endthefed.us. And for more information about the local organizers in Philadelphia, go to Truth freedomprosperity.org, truthfreedomprosperity.org. Finally, the big event coming up in Philadelphia in the first quarter of next year, the Free Your Mind Conference, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. The dates are Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011. 
the time, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. both days. That's the program. The doors will open at 9 a.m. on both days. The location is Ruba Hall, R-U-B-A Hall, at 414-414 Green Street in Philadelphia, PA. Admission price is $20 per day. The confirmed speakers for the Free Your Mind Conference thus far, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bastiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, Jan Irvin, Jay Parker, John Nicholson, Larkin Rose, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, Mark Passio, Mel Fabregas, Michael Kelly, and Suzanne Taylor. And we are still in negotiation with some other speakers. Time will tell about how many we fully confirm we'll uh, have live at the For Your Mind conference. Uh, that will also have to do with how well we do with the conference fundraiser. And um, new speakers will be announced over the coming weeks. The Free Your Mind conference, April 9th and 10th, 2011, in Philadelphia. For more information, visit the conference website at www.freeyourmind.com conference.com. Those are the event announcements for this evening. Let's jump right into the topic, which is a continuation from last week. And as I said last week, I prepared a laundry list of aspects through which to talk about this problem. And that is what we will be doing in this portion of unfolding uh, this topic about food. We will be talking about what is wrong. We will be talking about the problems with our food. We'll get into solutions at another time. We will be discussing some solutions as we talk about some of the problems, but mostly this is to alert people, this portion of talking about food. Okay, It's to alert people who may not be aware of some of the problems that are currently present in the food that we buy and eat. And I'll tell you something. There are not as many people who are conscious of this as we might think. Some of the people who are aware of the problems with our food. It is not as widespread knowledge as some people may think. And this is why I'm doing this portion of the show because I see with my own eyes some of the types of diets that people have in the freedom movement itself. And it is, uh, it is an ongoing issue. Uh, knowledge is the first part of it, and then willpower is the second part of it. Because all the knowledge in the world without the willpower to put it into proper action is useless. Uh, knowledge is not power, contrary to the popular saying the application of knowledge is power that's wisdom if knowledge is used in a way that can support our ongoing evolutionary development to higher states of awareness and consciousness then it becomes wisdom and that's when it is power that's when it becomes uh, powerful 
Knowledge in and of itself is simply a potential. And that's what this show is about. It's to put that potential power out there for people, help them to understand some things that they may not currently be aware of, and then they're in an empowered position to take right action in the world with that knowledge. So last week, some of the aspects of food that we covered were chemical pesticides and fertilizers that are used to grow crops and how dangerous some of them are, many of them are. Preservatives that are added to give food longer shelf lives, uh, very, very poisonous substances that are added as preservatives to our food. We talked about food processing, prepackaging food in the name of convenience, but essentially robbing the nutrient value from that food. And more of the food is necessitated to basically make up for the lost nutrient density of the food when it is heavily processed. We talked about chemical dyes and bleaches that are used in foods to make it look more attractive. Um, We talked about excessive amounts of refined white sugar, white flour, high fructose corn syrup, We briefly mentioned excitotoxins, artificial sweeteners. These are um, Splenda or sucralose, um, saccharin, of course, aspartame, which was originally developed as a nerve agent. Yes, you heard me right. It was originally developed as a, a neurotoxin nerve agent, a military application. And then, since that didn't work out for the company, Searle Pharmaceuticals, they decided to market it as an artificial sweetener. And that's a true story. You can research the origins of aspartame. Now, what I didn't mention last week were were the alternatives to artificial sweeteners that people should be aware of. And there are some good ones. Uh, There's agave. There's raw honey. Um, Now, if you're watching your blood glucose levels, I myself am diabetic. I have type 1 diabetes, which is a juvenile form of diabetes. My pancreas does not create the necessary insulin to take the, uh, the carbohydrates out of the bloodstream and into the cells. So blood sugar builds up in the blood. Uh, this is uh, for my condition of, of diabetes, um, It uh, was a latent onset. They call it uh, adult uh, onset juvenile diabetes. Some people refer to it as a type 1.5, but essentially it's a form of type 1 diabetes. So I I have to watch the carbohydrates that I take in and sugar that I take in. So uh, a natural alternative to some of these um, artificial sweeteners is stevia, S-T-E-V-I-A. If you haven't heard of it, check it out, look it up. It is a uh, natural herbal sweetener, stevia. So that's uh, an alternative to these excitotoxin, and yes, that is what they are. Neuroscientists have categorized these substances as excitotoxins, these artificial sweeteners like aspartame, uh, sucralose, saccharin, etc. They are 
a category of compounds referred to as uh, excite, excito, excitonoric neurotransmitters. Exc, I'm sorry, excitatory neurotransmitters. If you look up that term, that's basically what an excitotoxin is classified as sci, scientifically. It, they are excitatory neurotransmitters. That's the class of compounds that artificial sweeteners are generally classified as by neuroscience. Excitatory neurotransmitters. Look up that term. And if you look up who some of the funding uh, is, is provided by to do some of the research on the health effects of artificial sweeteners, you see that all of, whenever you look at um, research that has been funded by the organizations that use or manufacture these compounds, these dangerous chemicals, you'll see that the results always magically turn out to be safe, that they are considered safe for human consumption. Whenever an independent investigatory agency or scientific team does the research on these compounds, you see that they always find many health detriments that are caused, fundamentally connected to these chemical compounds. So stay away from the chemical artificial sweeteners. You're not doing yourself any favor by not using uh, sugar although refined white sugar is just as dangerous in many cases if a lot of it is used. Switch to raw sugar, turbinado cane sugar. Turbinado cane sugar is a great alternative. Again, if you're watching your sugar intake in general or if you're diabetic, stevia is a great alternative. Some people use xylitol as an alternative sweetener as well. Um, so those are the excitotoxins, the artificial sweeteners. I posted a great video on my website in the podcast section about excitotoxins by Dr. Russell Blaylock, a leading neurosurgeon. So moving on, uh, trans fats is something we didn't really mention much. Uh, trans fats groove the arteries around the heart, making cholesterol lodge in them. Cholesterol would not ordinarily be a problem. People think it's, it's a dangerous substance. It isn't. The body would normally handle cholesterol fine. There are a few things that create problems with cholesterol lodging in the arteries. This is the grooving of the arteries of the heart, and this is caused by the intake of trans fats. So homogenized oils. You want to stay away from homogenized oils, homogenized vegetable oil any kind of homogenized oils. This is a trans fat, and it grooves the arteries. It creates heart disease. Doctors are so concerned about cholesterol levels. Cholesterol would not be a problem if it were not for a few substances and processes that are in our diets, trans fats being one of the biggest. The other thing is chlorine intake, and almost all municipal Municipal water supplies have chlorine in some form added to the water supply, the water reserves that we drink if we drink tap water and that we bathe in if we bathe in, you know, uh, 
normal house water that comes in through our indoor plumbing without any filtration done to it. So chlorine in water is extremely dangerous. And this is whether you're bathing in it, washing your hands in it, anything. Chlorine gets into the skin very quickly, goes through the pores. Drinking it is the worst thing to do. But we bathe in this stuff. We breathe in the vapors from it. I know you can tell in Philadelphia for sure there's tons of chlorine or a chlorine derivative in our water supply. This creates arterial grooving as well. Chlorine grooves the interior lining of the arteries, therefore creating heart blockages. This is why heart disease is so prevalent in the United States. It's the number one cause of death in this country. So trans fats, stay away from Try to stay away from chlorine. If you could afford whole house filtration systems, do it. If not, colder showers are better than warmer ones because it doesn't create as much as much um, vaporization of the water. Definitely get on to purified drinking water instead of drinking tap water, which brings us to one of the next things, fluoride in the water supply. Fluoride is a poison. It is a derivative of a byproduct, actually, of the aluminum manufacture industry. Yes, you heard right, if you're not aware of this. Fluoride, in our, adding to our drinking water in most municipal uh, townships, has fluoride added to it. This is a poison. It's used as the main ingredient in all forms of rat poison. It was added to prisoner, prisoner of war drinking water to keep them docile in prisoner of war camps and other concentration camps because it basically calcifies the pineal gland. It destroys the will to resist. It basically destabilizes the thought processes it creates imbalance in the neocortex. You're on a lot of fluoridated water. Critical thinking is going to become more difficult. Resistance to any kind of control is going to become more difficult. Wanting to stand up for yourself. Wanting to take personal responsibility is going to be slowly bred out. And this is done by design. This is done by social engineers that know what this compound is capable of doing to the brain. And people think, oh, they wouldn't do that. They think it helps your teeth. Nonsense. Nonsense. They know exactly what it does. Maybe not the, the dumb people, the unread people who are just following their orders and adding this stuff because they get a paycheck who don't care. As long as I get a paycheck, I'll do whatever I'm told. Add whatever poison I'm handed into drinking water. And ultimately, they're responsible. They're the people who are responsible for doing this because if you didn't agree to do it, it wouldn't get done. And that's another reason this, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. That's the reason the show, you know, isn't very popular with people who don't want to hear that the answer to all the problems of the world is personal responsibility. Because I'm not the person 
if you're going to listen to this show to hear blame placed on the elites, you know, and this, this higher class of controllers that controls everybody's waking actions, you're not going to get that on this show. Yeah, they're manipulators. They manipulate things. They try to keep information out of people's hands. But you know who does that? Ultimately, we do. We take the actions that they tell us to take. We, keep, we sanitize the information in the media and in the schools because we want a paycheck. See, that's how it works. And that's horribly unpopular right there, speech like that, what I'm saying. Horribly unpopular. No one wants to hear that that we're the ones who does this to ourselves. They want to hear it's all something that's out there, out in the external reality. You want to know who your enslaver is? Look in the mirror. That's who your enslaver is. When we get out of those modes of thinking and get up to a higher level of consciousness, that situation will end because we'll stop enslaving ourselves. We'll stop doing actions that, that are ultimately immoral and wrong. And one of the best ways to start that process is to stop eating poison. When we get on the healthy food, we start building our brain in a better way. And that helps us to make more informed decisions and choices about what we do and how we act in the world. That's why food is such a critically important issue. Okay? They need to control people's minds and they need them softened up in order to do that. So if they can get them destabilized and in a complete state of imbalance by the junk that people put into their bodies. And man, I'm telling you, I need to look no further than my own family. Some of the things, oh, the diets of people in my family. I I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. Don't know where to begin. Chocolate covered marshmallow treats, you know. Candy wafers, you know those, uh, those thin wafers with the cream in them? Yeah, they love them. They eat them up. Juice drinks, chips with tons of hydrogenated vegetable oil, peanut butter with hydrogenated vegetable oil, white bread, real high nutritional value, good stuff. And wonder why they have no will to resist, can't pay attention for any length of time. Smoking two packs of cigarettes daily, drinking eight cups of coffee with six spoons of sugar in each cup of white refined sugar or artificial sweeteners, and then wondering why you can't think straight, why you can't pay attention, why you have no will to resist. It's a, it's a mystery. I can't figure it out. What a mystery. So let's move on to something else. So we talked about, okay, the trans fats, that's one of the things that grooves the arteries. Chlorine is another. The third thing is um, uh, homogenized dairy, okay? This is an unnatural process of homogenization, and it also creates problems with the artery walls. It also will create grooving. These three things in conjunction, if people stayed away from these things, 90% of heart disease would disappear, And your doctor won't tell you this, folks, because they get no nutrition training. They get no nutritional training in medical school. You know, they're convinced that the body is purely a computer. There's no mind-body connection. And they won't tell you that what you put into your body based on what you eat and drink is basically what generates your health. A simple truth. So simple, it's almost comical. It's all, you can almost laugh hysterically at how simple it is, and yet people still don't get it. You are what you eat. At least the body computers part of you, 
and, and make no mistake, I'm not claiming, when I t- use the word body computer, the, the body has a component of it that acts like a biological computer, in no way am I saying that is who we are. I'm saying that is a component of the, of the body uh, component of who we are. Okay? That is a component of it. It is one part in the holistic um, whole that makes up our physical makeup in, in, the, in the 3D world. Okay? Uh, the body is not simply a computer. It is more than that because it is connected to the mind. It is connected to higher states of consciousness and awareness. It's connected to spirit, ultimately. So these three levels work as one. They work in conjunction with each other, spirit, mind, and body. Body being the lowest level, mind being above that, and then spirit being above that. But again, in order to control that middle layer, that mind component that exists between the body and our true spiritual selves, the higher self, they need to destabilize the body as well. If the body is working in good functioning condition and there is proper brain health, it is much more difficult to manipulate and control the mind. Therefore, food is one of the most powerful weapons in the arsenal of the manipulator who wants to exercise mind control over a population. I mean, this logically follows... The mind is the layer they're going after. They can't control the spirit. Impossible. It is uncontrollable. Because it is the base essence of everything that is. So if they ultimately want to control the body, they have to control the mind, which is the layer that acts as a buffer between body and spirit. And the best way of doing that is to attack the body and destabilize the brain is the, the um, physiological layer that acts as a liaison between mind and body. So that's what it's all ultimately about. That's why all of this is happening in our food supply and in our food chain. And this is by design. Social engineers, psychopathic social engineers, understand perfectly how this works. They understand this because essentially... They are occultists, and they are utilizing knowledge that is essentially the most ancient forms of psychology, the study of the human psyche that has, have existed and have been passed down generations through different networks of occultism and secret societies. And if you don't believe that, you're extraordinarily naive. This is something that the freedom movement oftentimes will not look at. They want to think it's all political. They want to think it's only about, hey, who can we vote in to represent us, and they'll fix it. They'll make it all better. You talk about the occult with these people, they don't want to acknowledge its existence. Like little frightened children, I call them the tent pitchers. I'm going to take... My tent, as I'm marching up this mountain, I told you I would go all the way up to the peak, to the summit with you, and you're trying to show me something that exists way past uh, the mid-level of the mountain and way up near the summit area, and I don't want to go that far. I'm taking my tent out of my backpack. I'm setting it up right here, maybe a third, 
we're halfway up the mountain, and that's it, I'm done. The tent pitchers. Let's pitch my tent halfway up the climb to enlightenment and say this far and no further. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Let me know when you're done with that. And I'll be here explaining to you what's really going on in the world. Okay? Because if you want to ignore the occult aspect of this, you, you have a partial picture, and that's the most dangerous thing there is, is somebody with half knowledge. Half knowledge. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to part of it, and then I'll just discard what I'm not comfortable with, with no investigation. Einstein said the, that, that condemnation without investigation is the epitome of human ignorance. Condemnation without investigation is the epitome of human ignorance. Absolutely true. People don't want to look at things. They want to make up their mind. Their mind is already made up. Some people don't think mind control exists and is real. Right in the freedom movement, they'll tell you there's no such thing. Totally asleep. Anybody that thinks this is totally asleep, you've woken up to a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the reality you're embedded in. And good luck staying there, frightened child, frightened little boy or girl. And again, this, isn't a, uh, this is not a popularity contest, folks. I don't come on the air to tell people what they want to hear or to make them feel comfortable. I don't come on the air to scare people either. I come on the air to tell people what's going on and to empower them if they really want to make a change and if they really want to understand the causal factors that has created what we call the human condition and how to get out of this condition and into a better one. That's what, why I come on the air. I'm not here to make friends. I'm not your guru. I'm not your buddy. Okay? I don't do this because... I, I think doing this is going to make me a lot of friends, in case you haven't figured that out. So, to get back on, on the topic of food, okay? Yes, this is social engineering. This is by design. People are being poisoned by design. It's a hard thing to accept. That's a difficult thing for most people to swallow. But that's what's going on. Because a, a tiny fraction who's controlling all of these industries and who's controlling government, who's controlling finance, they know what they're doing and they're calculating it very deliberately. They know how this mind-body-spirit connection works and they're out to destabilize the body. Attacks on every front on the body. It's the front lines. Okay? So the three things that create arterial grooving, trans fats, essentially hydrogenated oil. Stay away from margarine. Oh, margarine is pure poison. Pure poison. And in the past, they would tell people how good it is, how great of a substitute for butter it was. Do not buy margarine. It is poison. All of it. It, it, it creates heart disease, and it's still on the market. This is still being sold. All right? Trans fats, chlorine in our water that we drink or shower in, and homogenized dairy. If you're going to eat dairy, try to eat raw dairy, raw milk, 
raw cheese, live enzymes still in it that are not killed in the pasteurization process or the homogenization process. Homogenization is not good for you. Okay. Uh, Let me briefly talk about another form of excitotoxin, monosodium glutamate. MSG, this is a taste enhancer. This and other taste enhancers are also excitotoxins. They are excitatory neurotransmitters. MSG, monosodium glutamate, it's a, it's a poison is what it is. And they add it to the food because it basically ignites on the surface of the tongue and makes everything taste better, a taste enhancer. Okay. That's why they add it into food. People get addicted to things with MSG in it because they're, they're, they're getting a, a rush, like a drug, when it first hits them. That's how they're making food taste better, adding these taste enhancers like MSG. MSG is an excitotoxin. Stay away from it. Um, the entire fast food diet. McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, etc. And I talked about last week how I was hooked on this junk. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm no uh, perfect being. I, I never claim to be a perfected being. I've claimed to be an enlightened person, but I'm, not, I'm by no means perfect. The two things are completely separate and different from each other. I don't think anybody in a physical body is, is perfect or going to be. If you're here, you're not perfect. There's room for improvement. Okay? So my diet, man, I mean, I can't even barely fathom what my diet used to be like compared to what it is now. I can barely fathom it. I talked a little bit about that last week. It's comical now when I look back at the radical transformation. I used to eat at all these fast food places, and I mean a lot, multiple times a week. And I mean big quantities of it, supersize, you know, like in the movie Super Size Me. You know, two Big Macs, you know, not one wasn't good enough. I was overweight, you know, probably by over 35, 40 pounds. I weigh right at the 200-pound mark now, and that's right about where I should be for my size and bone density. But I was up there, you know, pushing 240 at one point. And, you know, I ate at these fast food restaurants constantly. High, extremely high fat, extremely high calorie, caloric intake, uh, trans fats, processed food, excessive sugar, Excess of white flour, excitotoxins, high fructose corn syrup, you name it. This is a poison culture. Stop giving your money to these places. That isn't food. It's sewage. And there are people out in the freedom movement that, that eat this junk. They still eat this junk. They have not been turned on to the information about what's in our food and what we should stay away from. 
again, I, I talked last week a little bit about uh, the gentleman who really helped turn me on to a lot of this, and that was Kevin Trudeau, who's been talking about this for years. And Kevin Trudeau is an occultist, and I would venture to say he's one of the good guys. He is, he is waking up. He has you know, largely woken up. He's got a great site. I think he's got a great radio show. I, I value uh, Kevin Trudeau's information. His book, Natural Cures, really helped set me straight about what was in our food and what not to do and what to do. So I, you know, I send a personal thanks to Kevin Trudeau for uh, his great book, Natural Cures. And there, there are others. Uh, Deepak Chopra, actually, he talks about food uh, in some of his material. He talks about uh, the Ayurvedic uh, the, the Vedas information about food and diet in, in, in some of his work. And that helped, uh, helped me to understand uh, some better dietary practices as well. So uh, continuing on, let's look at uh, genetically modified foods done so that crops can grow bigger, done so that fields can turn over quicker, even though they're depleting the soil and the nutrients of the food. Monsanto. You know, check out uh, the world according to Monsanto to understand their mentality about GMO. Selling uh, Roundup pesticide and then making a seed that is Roundup ready or resistant to this pesticide and you're, you then get cornered into using that seed because nothing else will grow in the field. So this is insidious farming practices, all centered around genetic modification, not leaving nature's plan alone, trusting that nature has provided what we need in our diet, but getting in there and tinkering around with the genetic codes of nature and thinking we're going to do something good for ourselves as a result. Let me tell you something. I don't talk about it much in my material. I will if you come and see me at the UFO ET con Congress. But genetic modification is a big part of the problem that's going on here, folks. And that's all I'll say about that. But if you want to hear more, come and check out the uh, UFO ET Congress in Bordentown where I'm speaking on November 14th. Genetic modification is not something we need to be doing when it comes to our food. It creates more problems than it solves. If we engaged in smart organic farming practices, we could feed the entire world 20 times over. And this is proven. So look into genetically modified organisms, GMO. And again, a lot of this information, it's, it's thrown out there so you can do further research on your own. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to put out what I have learned about what is actually going on in the world. That's why the show is called What on Earth is Happening, with no question mark. I've understood that this is what is taking place. If you research it and understand what I'm understanding, you can come to some similar conclusions and similar understandings if you put the work in to do the research. Hey, you can just believe me if you want. I don't recommend it. 
I don't think you should believe anybody. I think you should do your own research and come to your own conclusions. So how about antibiotics that are added in milk and injected into animals as a result of the horrible factory farming practices that are engaged in? We could do a whole show on that. Growth hormones. Antibiotics added to animals. We want to beef them up quicker, you know, bigger and quicker. And then when we pen them and cage them in, in the most inhumane, vicious ways, and they get sores and, and illnesses as a result of their cramped quarters, then we want to inject them with antibiotics. It, it's, it's ridiculous. Look, look, we could go on and on talking about that, and that's extraordinarily depressing. It's an extraordinarily depressing topic. If you look up factory farming and watch some videos about this, Believe me, you'll need a strong constitution to, to even watch what is done to the animals that we think we have a right to do this to. Now, I'm not going to get on to, you know, preaching about not eating meat or anything like that. I've chosen to be vegetarian. The reason I've chosen to be vegetarian is because I don't believe we have a right to do that to other sentient beings. And that may sound crazy and out there and far-fetched to some people, even people in the freedom movement, but I'll tell you what. How I have come to understand the karmic forces work in this world, karma, or the law of attraction, essentially, the law of cause and effect, that is the principle of cause and effect, is that which we do to other life will be done to us. Very, quite simply, that's how the universe works. The universe is a gigantic mirror. What you put out into it is what you get back from it. And people will kill and die to avoid that being true, to ignore that. And guess what? That's natural law. It exists. It is in operation. It has been in operation since the dawn of creation and will be in operation until this universe is no longer here, which is going to be a long, 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 long time. So from the beginning to the end of creation, this natural law is in effect. What we put into this place is what we get back from this place. So I recommend people to, if they have the constitution to do so, watch the documentary called Earthlings. And I just opened the whole can of worms here, folks, for anybody that dares to do it. I'll try to post a link in the podcast section. Uh, you deserve a gold medal if you can get through this whole thing. I have thousands, thousands of documentaries and movies in my collection. Thousands. Okay? Earthlings is the one documentary that I have watched, that I will never watch again. I will never sit through it again. I watched it twice. I watched it once and was so horrified and dumbstruck that I said, I can't even fathom what I just watched. And so about a week later, I watched it again for a second time, and that was it. 
I think it hammered the point I'm making here into me, which I won't belabor, but I'll just say what, what we do to other life will be done to us, period. Now, run away from that all you want, but that's a true fundamental principle of the universe that is natural law, and you won't escape from it. You can run and deny it and ignore it all you want for as long as you want in as many lifetimes as you want, and it will always be true. I fundamentally understand that. It took a long time for me to understand that. It took an unimaginable level of suffering for me to understand that. But I happen to understand that now. And so that's all I'll say about that. But should you still make the decision to continue to eat other sentient beings, then be aware that they are injected with dangerous growth hormones and antibiotics that basically go, enter our body and then build up resistance to bacteria in us. When we take excessive amounts of antibiotics, this is what happens. So that's getting into us in many ways. It's getting into us through the meat the people eat. It's getting into us through... Excuse me. It's getting into us through our water supply as well. I uh, briefly touched on homogenized and pasteurized dairy products. Those are some other things to basically stay away from. Um, another thing I uh, wrote down here is deceptive labeling of food products. See, it's not just what's in the food we eat. It's how it's labeled. They're not even telling us the truth about what's in some of these products. Uh, there's no truth in the uh, ingredients list. They're starting to rename things. They want to rename high fructose corn syrup as crystalline fructose. <coughs> as if, uh, you know, that makes it something other than what it is. They want to sell people on the idea that high fructose corn syrup, because it comes from corn, is somehow a natural uh, product that is added to our food. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, nothing could be farther from the truth. Uh, this is a this is a manufactured chemical process uh, in additive to food, and it is something that definitely destabilizes the uh, the critical thinking of the human brain when it is present in the uh, in the body in high enough levels. And most people are are sucking this stuff down, you know, with soda that they drink. Uh, I was on Bob Tuscan's show uh, this past Friday, and we talked about food. We talked about how some of the worst diets that you'll ever see are in um, police. I mean, you, you just look at how police eat when they're out in their patrol cars on the street and wonder why they think and act the way they do. It's no, no surprise. Uh, I was telling Bob I was in a uh, CVS uh, pharmacy parking lot um, a couple of days ago, and I saw a cop sitting at a Dunkin' Donuts next to it, uh, eating a powdered uh, jelly donut, you know, and drinking a big, you know, 32 or 64-ounce soda. And one of those, uh, like, 7-Eleven-style Big Gulp cups. You know, great, great for you. You know, really good for the health of the brain. I'm sure it'll go a long way in uh, helping you to act responsibly and morally. Right. 
So deceptive labeling is another thing we need to watch out for. Uh, one of the things that's a good example of uh, how, how they'll, they'll package bread. You know, they'll package bread and say, oh, you know, whole grains, made with whole grains. And the whole, it's basically white bread that's then, you know, dyed or, you know, has some grains sprinkled over the top of it to make it look like the whole loaf is baked with whole grains or, you know, whole wheat. And it's not, it's, you know, it's a deceptive practice. When you see made with, you have to look at the ingredients label and see how much of that is in there. You want to basically look for organic. It's the whole product as being organic. All the ingredients, when you read the label, organic. Stay away from things with a lot of flour. I like uh, Ezekiel bread. It's made with pure sprouted grains. If you're going to eat bread, I try to, I try to limit the total amount of bread I eat, period, because you know it's, it's very carb-heavy. And I watch the intake of carbs, but um, sprouted multigrain bread is much better for you. Um, I, I like flourless bread. These are heavy, hearty loaves of bread. You know, they're not light. Light bread basically means very little nutrient value. So, heartier loaves of bread, you know, made with pure grains, organic grains, sprouted grains or what you want to look for. Uh, we talked about Monsanto and GMO and uh, Roundup. Um, uh, Roundup has been linked to genetic damage. It has also been linked to endocrine system dysfunction. Documentation is available for that if you look up Roundup and genetic damage. Um, another thing I have here uh, on my list is you know, picking fruit uh, very soon, too soon, that isn't even ripe, ripened, and then they artificially ripen it because they want to ship it quick. They want to, you know, they, they know it's going to be out on the road. They want to get it out there in order to transport it quicker. Ripe, pick it faster and ripen it artificially. And that's why there's such low quality of produce uh, in a lot of places. Even if it is organic, you see that practice. Use. They don't artificially ripen it, but sometimes they pick things too, too soon because they want to get it out there and transport it. Um, let's see what else we have here. Okay, so some of the documentaries that I mentioned. Food Inc., I posted a link to that, uh, actually for a trailer to that. That's available on Netflix. Um for people who have access to that, you can check out Food, Inc. Food Matters, I believe I posted that on the website. The Future of Food. The Fluoride Deception, I will post a link to that this week since we uh, talked about fluoride and the drinking water. The, um, Russell Blaylock, uh, who gave a lecture called Excitotoxins, The Taste That Kills, named after uh, his book of the same title. This guy is great. He is a, uh, a neurosurgeon and neuroscientist who is really telling the truth about uh, artificial sweeteners. And I uh, really commend Russell Blaylock. He also talks about how they destabilize brain function. He, he gets into the whole chemical dumbing down of the masses. Uh, he, he really uh, speaks the truth, Russell. Uh, 
again, a, an invaluable resource. Everybody should really check out the work of Russell Blaylock, B-L-A-Y-L-O-C-K. Kevin Trudeau, again, his name is T-R-U-D-E-A-U, Kevin Trudeau. He wrote the book called Natural Cures. You, uh, you, if you Google his name, you'll get a whole bunch of stuff that's negative about him, about him trying to engage in unfair business practices. I've ordered things from him, and I've always gotten it in a timely manner, uh, exactly what said was going to be shipped. I'm not really sure about uh, some of those things. I don't know if maybe his operation was uh, set up in a, in a w much worse way in the past, and he had problems, but uh, all my dealings with him have been fine. So uh, specifically, don't judge somebody by what you hear about other people saying about them, okay? You hear their own words. Go and check out Kevin Trudeau's uh, website and his radio show. He has his own radio show. And, uh, you know, uh, gauge him by the information he puts out into the world, and I think you'll see it's, it's excellent information. Um, so uh, that's Kevin Trudeau. Generation RX. We'll talk about this a little bit next week because next week I'm going to get into the drugs component of this. Okay, so we'll look at um, pharmaceuticals and the pharmaceutical industry. A great documentary to check out about that is Generation RX. Uh, I mentioned today Monsanto, this uh, big uh, agriculture giant that engages in horrendous business practices and horrendous environmental practices. Check out the documentary The World According to Monsanto. And finally, uh, another documentary I recommend, but not for the faint of heart. I'm, I'm giving a warning, uh, not even a disclaimer, an outright warning. This, this documentary can really wake you up to a lot. But also, uh, you, again, you better have a strong constitution if you're going to sit and watch this entire documentary. It's called Earthlings. Earthlings, as in people from Earth, beings from Earth. Okay, earthlings. And if you can get through this whole thing, more power to you. Again, I watched it twice just to hammer it into myself. And by the end of the second time I watched it, I was literally curled up on the couch, practically in a fetal position. That's how, that's how disturbing this documentary is. And when you see what humanity has become when you watch this video, when you see what the real inner demons of human beings, how they express. And this documentary will show it to you better than no other. But don't say I didn't warn you. If you want to watch it, you'll become more enlightened than you were about what's done with our food. And you just think, we are consuming that energy. You don't think that that's an energetic vibration that then goes into what you're eating you have no idea how the universe works. None. And I would suggest you're also very naive. So watch Earthlings. See what's done. You know, meet your meat, so to speak. You know, see what, what is actually done to the food that we eat, that we think, you know, we, we believe we have a right to do this. Um, and uh, know that that's the energy that you're eating. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody, become a vegetarian. I'm going to say, look at what's done as far as 
animal practices and factory farming techniques are concerned, and then you make a decision about whether that's what you want to contribute to, if whether that's the consciousness that you want to contribute to. And I would suggest we are penned animals because we do this. One of the reasons is because we do this to other living beings. And I think we'll continue to be penned animals until those practices stop. But that's, that's just me. You, you don't have to believe that. You don't have to accept that. I forgot to give the call-in number. I, I get ahead of myself sometimes. Uh, call in at any time. I'm sorry. I apologize uh, for not giving the call-in number. The call-in number for this show is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number, 724-444-7444. When you call in, you have to put in the call ID number for what on earth is happening. The call ID number is 83515. That's 83515, the call ID for this show. We're into the second hour now, and we've been talking about food as a methodology of mind control. That's what we have been discussing over the last many weeks on this show, methods of mind control. This is methodology number nine out of 14 overall popular methods that are used by dominators, controllers, manipulators. They have multifaceted techniques which they use to get into our body-mind-computer system, so to speak, and hack it so that they basically are controlling us from a fundamental level a level of mind-body connection that most of us are unaware of. This is subtle manipulation in many cases and is done without the awareness of the person being manipulated or controlled, at least at a conscious level. They're not aware of it. And that's what this show is about. It is about bringing these methodologies to people's attention so that they can empower themselves and take methods to, to steal themselves against these techniques. This is about empowerment. It is not about fear. You have to strike down fear. You have to have courage to look at what is taking place. This isn't negative for the New Agers out there. This isn't negative. It isn't negative to say, hey, a storm's coming. You, better, you might want to batten down the hatches. That's preparation. Okay, it's awareness, and it's then taking proper action in a state of awareness, and that's never negative. That's never negative. I'm not saying, you know, totally constantly be paranoid about the worst and constantly be on, you know, guard about being poisoned at every turn. I'm saying this is a deliberate thing that is done with our food for a specific reason, and once we become aware of it, we are empowered through that information to take the right action. But only when we take the right action have we really empowered ourselves. You couldn't know and not do this. And again, I've used the comment on the show, the uh, saying by the, uh, the uh, uh, Taoist philosopher Yang Ming, who said, to know and not to do is not to know. 
If we don't convert knowledge into action, it's useless. It's meaningless. It carries with it no power. It becomes power in the action stage, which is the male principle. We opened ourselves up to knowledge using the feminine principle of receptivity, of opening our minds. That's the feminine principle. But then proper moral action in the world is the male principle that has to be employed once we have the knowledge. And I'll tell you what, there are so many people out there. Again, I can go right back. We need to go no, no further than members of my family. And I know I talk about this a lot. Because, you know, why, why, uh, why talk about something that is farther outside? Let's use the closest relation, relationships that we have. Let, let's let it hit home. Okay? Before I talk about anybody else, the first person I talk about is myself. Did I do this? Well, the answer is yes. I did make this change. I did make this fundamental shift in awareness in awareness and action. I made that paradigm change, that shift in consciousness when it comes to what I'm talking about. So then before we go anywhere else farther outside of uh, you know, my circle of, of acquaintances, let's look at members of my family who I have brought this to the attention of. Have many of them changed what they're eating and drinking? Absolutely not. Maybe at one or two, but the vast majority, even if they know this, they'll, and they'll say, yes, I know, I know what's wrong with the food, because they're so conditioned to want to taste. They just, it's like a little child. I know that's bad for me, but I don't want to give up the taste that I'm so conditioned to have bombarding my taste buds. I'm used to having this kind of food in the house. Uh, at any time that I want to taste this kind of this kind of uh, taste, I don't want to taste something different. I'm used to this. It's all fear-based, and it's all self-imposed tor- torment. This is self-imposed suffering. People who have health conditions, heart disease, cancer, still eating the same junk, and you people will ask, well, how could this be? Because their will is destroyed. They do not have the will to change. The will is destroyed through the food they eat. It's just catch-22. It's a vicious circle. I don't have the will to change the food I eat because my will has been destroyed by the food I eat. (laughs) I mean, it sounds comical if it weren't so sad. The other component of it is what they take in through the media every day of their lives, what they take in through their eyes and ears, and that's the other component of this. We talked about that in past weeks on this show. These two things go hand in hand. What we pay attention to, what we watch, what we read, what we listen to, what we discuss, what we talk about, all of those are connected fundamentally to what we put into our body. Because it's not just what we put into our body, it's what we put into our body and mind. So the media and the food that we eat, they're, they're completely intertwined. If anybody wants to call in and chime in on any of this, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. The call ID number 83515. Call ID number for what on earth is happening on the TalkShoe Network is 83515. Hey, I'll take a very small break here um, to inform you about a couple of things before we get back into the a topic of food and hopefully a couple of callers, okay? A 
couple of things. More likely than not, this isn't a confirmed thing yet, but in the next couple of weeks, I'll have more information on it. This show is going to be moving to a new time slot. I'm going to be going back to 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. So instead of 7 to 9, the show will be going to 8 to 10. That is not confirmed yet. We're talking about that. Uh, Bob has brought this up to me, the, uh, the um, uh, commander-in-chief here at Revolution Broadcasting. So um, we're trying to work out uh, something different with our schedules because Bob's show is normally on in this time slot, 7 to 8 p.m. So um, we're going to uh, move What on Earth is Happening to 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That's coming up. It is not 100% confirmed yet. That switch will not be happening for a couple of weeks at least, but uh, you know, stay tuned. I'll have an announcement on that uh, shortly. The next thing I wanted to do is uh, give people a little sneak peek of a radio commercial spot that I just prepared for the Revolution Broadcasting Network. Now, I'm going to try to play this back with the software that I use to stream audio. Uh, let's see how well this goes. I just made this and submitted it to the network. This is the new 30-second uh, spot that we'll be running on other shows on Revolution Broadcasting. Here we go. Freedom, Matt. That's what it's all about. What on earth is happening with Mark Passio? Truth, consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, real solutions for true freedom. What on earth is happening with Mark Passio? Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Revolution Broadcasting. There you go. Probably have to change that to 8 p.m. Eastern uh, within the next couple of weeks uh, once the uh, announcement for that is made. But uh, that's the new 30-second radio spot that's going to be airing on What on Earth uh, on uh, Revolution Broadcasting. And uh, basically just wanted to do something real quick to highlight some of the topics that we talk about here on what on earth is happening. So uh, going back into the topic, a couple of things that I want people to be aware of when it comes to food and things that are going on in government when it comes to food. If you haven't heard of this, it's something that you should definitely look into and research it's called Codex Alimentarius. Now, big word there, okay? This is spelled C-O-D-E-X, Codex. Okay, that means code in Latin. Alimentarius, A-L-I-M-E-N-T-A-R-I-U-S. That means food. So this is the food code, the code of food. Okay, Codex alimentarius all right this is legislation that is basically now making its way through the european union that is what its ultimate goal is is to outlaw nutritious foods it is to classify nutritious foods and the um, vitamin and mineral supplements that people choose to take as drugs. Therefore, they will be completely regulated and controlled by the government of the European Union. And this legislation is being proposed for the United States as well. 
because once they pass it in a national super block like the EU, then it will come under treaty and regulatory commissions and re trade regulation in the United States. So they will try to pass similar legislation here. Codex Alimentarius. Two researchers that you should check out their work when it comes to Codex is Ian Crane, I-A-N Crane, C-R-A-N-E, Ian Crane. And another is Dr. Rima Labo, R-I-M-A, Labo is L-A-I-B-O-W. Check out their work about Codex Alimentarius. Uh, maybe I'll post some uh, lectures in the podcast uh, on the, uh, the podcast page with this show. Uh, for people who aren't aware, when I podcast this show, meaning when I post this archive um, of each show that I do, okay, it's recorded and then I post it on my website. On the website, there's a tab on what on earth is happening. There's a tab in the main section, the main menu section, called podcasts. If you click that tab, you'll see all of the shows are archived on that page. You can listen to them or download them from there. You could put them on your portable uh, digital music player. Uh, these are completely free. No registration or membership is required to download these or listen to them. Okay? And with each show, I post a related section. So there is a related documents or related pictures. Every week there's related pictures. Some, some days when I talk about a document, there'll be a related document. Some days when I talk about um, videos or um, documentaries, I'll post related videos. So you can go there and those are resources that you should employ. Again, the, these are confirmations. These are uh, corroborations of the information that I am presenting on this show. So avail yourself of this information. I don't post it for my health. I post it so people can go and branch off into different topics of research and, and do your own research. That's what it's all about. I see we have a caller. Here we go. Caller from Southeast Pennsylvania. You are live on What on Earth is Happening. Caller from Southeast Pennsylvania. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Are you there? All right. Going once, going twice, gone. All right. I don't know whether that's a technical problem where they just uh, got cold feet, but uh, if anybody wants to call in, again, the call in number is 724-444-7444 and the call ID 83515. Let's look at um, <clears throat> another piece of legislation. Okay, Codex Alimentarius is something that is proposed in the EU and again, they want to bring this over to the United States. It would be totally stringent regulations on vitamins, minerals, and basically it would make, the, it would make all of the, the supplements, dietary supplements, into, it would make them classified as drugs. So they would have to be, they would be treated as controlled substances. Now, one of the things we're going to talk about in connection with food, as I'll get into next week, is drugs in general being controlled substances. 
I think that's a ridiculous idea. I think there shouldn't be anything called a controlled substance. I think what we put into our own body is our own responsibility. Personal responsibility, individual responsibility. There should be education about substances. There should be responsible use of substances based on freedom of choice. But controlling drugs, deciding that what you can and cannot put into your own body, ridiculous. And and anybody that really accepts this notion doesn't understand what true freedom is. They certainly don't understand what true responsibility is. And people will say, oh, but how people would act if they got on things. Yeah, yeah, maybe people would act irresponsibly if they took a substance and then acted crazy while on it. But then they shouldn't be held accountable for taking that substance and then acting crazy while on it. Personal responsibility and accountability for one's own actions. You want to drink tons of excessive amounts of alcohol and then beat your wife, you should be held accountable for beating your wife. If you want to smoke excessive amounts of marijuana and then go try to operate machinery and hurt yourself, well, you're going to be held accountable for it. You know, if you want to smoke, uh, you know, angel dust and then go try to drive a car and you kill somebody, you should be held accountable for killing somebody with a car. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be allowed to choose what substances you put into your body. Why? Because it comes down to a fundamental, a fundamental principle of ownership. Who owns the body? Do you own your body or does someone else own your body? Well, if you own your body, only you are responsible for what you put into it. If someone else owns your body, they can tell you what you may or may not put into it. I happen to fall on the former side of that equation and think I own my own body. I don't think I own my own body. I'm certain of it. I'm absolutely 100% sure that I own my own body. The body is my vehicle for the expression of my consciousness in this reality. Therefore, I own it. I'm the steward of it while I inhabit it. While my spirit inhabits this body, I'm the steward of it a.k.a. the owner of it. Therefore, I get to tell me what goes into my body and what does not. That's what freedom is. That's what personal responsibility is. People want to hand that over to somebody else and say, you make the decision over what's okay for me to put into my body. That's all it really comes down to. People want to run away from personal responsibility. Another, uh, so getting back to government regulation, that's what led into that. And we'll talk about that next week. We'll get into uh, psychedelics a little bit, maybe also, when we get into the, the medicine component of this, okay? That, that'll be for another week. The House Resolution 875, look into that piece of nasty legislation that's circulating in uh, the United States Congress. H.R. 875 disgraceful legislation that wants to try to ban organic gardening for personal use, control all sources of food, control all all sources of dietary supplements, absolutely absurd, reclassify things as drugs. These people have a God complex. Their power, their corrupt power has gone to their head. And they think they're God. That's what this is all ultimately about. You want to know what it's about? That's it, right there in a nutshell. Controllers 
think they can get away with anything because they make laws and hide behind laws and think they're above the very laws they make. And they think they can dictate to the people of the earth as gods. Just as an aside, I see we have a caller. Caller, please hold on. I'm going to get to you in one second. But just as a brief aside, when it comes to lawmaking, there's a law going around in New York City that wants to try to ban used book sales, that you're not allowed to resell a book. I mean, this is the beginning of, of book burning, essentially. And they're going to do it through bureaucracy, through legislation. I want to tell you, you can't sell a book to another person. The stores can't sell used books, only books that are printed now. Because they want to remove some of those out-of-print books that have a lot of valuable information in them from public circulation. It's just another power play to control information. And imagine that there are people who would even entertain this notion and vote on it. There's, even worse, there are cops that would go and, and, and enforce this nonsense. Imagine this. Imagine how dumb you would have to be to enforce a piece of nonsense like that. How shut down your consciousness would have to be. Yeah, that's what jelly donuts and tons of diet soda will do to a human brain. And, you know, say, it's as, say I'm caustic about the way I word it. I really could care less, okay? This is why food is so important. Because you have brain-damaged Neanderthals that would go and actually do that for a paycheck. I'm going to prevent you from selling a used book. Really? Really? This is, this is what it's come to. For real? I don't even know what to say about it. I, I, it's, it I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. Caller from Southeast Pennsylvania, you are on live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Hi, Mark. It's Chris. Chris, how are you, man? Good, Mark. Mark, listen, um, I did watch that video, um, Russell Blaylock, with the excitotoxins. I found that very informative yes. and, and somewhat, somewhat scary. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, and you kind of touched on it with the, uh, the House bill, there's, this legislation is, is you know, very close. It's closer than people think. There's a, there's a Senate bill, S-510. Um, I noticed when I started talking about Codex Alimentarius about six months ago, people thought I was crazy. And I try to tell them, you know, it does exist. They, they are holding conferences every year. And um, yeah, I just got blank, blank stares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they don't want to believe that this is what it has come to. They don't want to believe that this is what's taking place right under their nose. I mean, this is yeah. a publicly available. You can go right to the government site. I'll post the link to HR 875. Right. I asked, I asked my mom because I was trying to figure out what, what it's going to take to wake the general people up. And I asked my mom, this is a while ago, I said, if, they, if the government says that you can't take your vitamins or that nutritious food is, is illegal or, or regulated, are, are you going to stand up on your hind legs then? And my mom said, yes, she would. I'm saying, okay, so there's the line. If they go that far, maybe that's the line. But, you know, I tell, I tell my folks about the uh, aspartame. Um, the problem is, that, you know, that stuff's so, so damaging to your brain, I think, your, your blood-brain barrier. And it, it's addictive. So, like, they're hooked on it. Anything diet, any kind of diet soda, anything like that, diet yogurt, anything diet. And they don't even call it aspartame anymore. They call it phenylalanine because they try to hide it. Just like you're saying right. about the crystalline fructose, they try to hide what it really is. Right. And, uh, you, you know, and they, they call that MSG hydrogenated corn oil or whatever it is. 
it, they're trying to trick people so they can't. And now I'm hearing, I'm also hearing now that, you know, they're, they're saying we're not going to disclose what's in stuff anymore. Oh. Like, whoa. Yeah, they, they don't want to have to list the poisonous ingredients that are in food on the label, on the ingredients label. And this is why, you know, we should hold people's feet to the fire about insisting that this is on the food labels of the food we purchase and eat. We have to know what the ingredients are of what we're buying. That's how we can make informed decisions. And ultimately, this power to change what is put into our food lies with the people who buy this. Because if they don't buy this junk, the, the manufacturers will have no choice but to stop making food with this junk in it. It's all about voting with what we purchase uh, to eat. And people keep going to the same stores and keep buying the same sewage they're going to keep the manufacturers are going to keep making things with the same sewage in it. Yeah, it, it's it's the same vicious circle that you you noted that in the media. It's the same thing with food. I mean, like you just said, uh, the the food has taken away their will to stop eating the bad food. And <laughs> yes, exactly. I how, honestly, I don't know how you break that cycle. I think it's an act of God that breaks that cycle because. You know, I talk to people in my family, and no one listens to me at all. And honestly, some of the stuff I, you know, I read about, I'm like, this can't be true. And then you look into it, you're like, it is true. It's so far out there that even, you know, you can't believe it's true. I expect them to believe it's true. But, see, my folks, at least my, the, the older generation, they, they believe the government's going to protect them. They believe that the FDA is going to protect them and look out for them. Well, that's a bunch of, that's a bunch of garbage. It, it's just the opposite. And I told my mom, I said, when you, when you start worrying about your government, that's when you're going to wake up. I told you, look, if you, if you guys are not worried about your government, then you have nothing to worry about in life. But if you, if, you're, if you have a concern about your government, maybe not looking out for the best of you, now you might have some concerns that you might want to start looking into. Chris, I'm going to tell you what basically does get people out of that cycle. And it's really the only thing that can get someone out of that cycle. And that is the admission to oneself of the Three most powerful words that are ever spoken. I was wrong. That's it. You have to look at the availability of information. Like, like David Icke said uh, last, week, last weekend in New York City, the best way to start is with a blank page. You have to give up your assumptions of what you think you know. Start with a blank page and then start doing your research. And don't bring any of your baggage in with you when you do the research. Watch, read, listen, and you have to take in information from an eclectic variety of sources. This means very wide and varied. That's what eclectic means. All over the spectrum, basically. Okay? You have to take in information through an eclectic variety of sources. Then you have to weigh all of that information and come to your own conclusions about what actually is. And the only way you can do that is if you put the time in, you put the attention in, and you then weigh that information in the balance in a critical way. And then you can say, does this fit, does, does the conclusion I have come to fit with my former way of seeing the world, my former perceptions? And if the answer is yes, then go right ahead. Go eat your junk. Okay? Go eat the sewage and the excitotoxins and the high fructose corn syrup and the trans fats and enjoy the state of health that you garner as a result of eating like that. And enjoy your frequent trips to the hospital in your older years, you know, and enjoy 
you know, the surgeries that you'll need and the medications you'll need to be put on and the amount of money that'll cost you. Enjoy that. But if it doesn't fit in with that former worldview that you held, then you have to say something to yourself. You have to say, I was wrong. And that's the beginning of coming out of that cycle. Once that admission is made, then and only then can you really employ the will to change your behavior and change your diet. And the reason this is so important is because this thing, diet, what we choose to put into our body is still, this day, is still largely within our own ability to control. And if we don't do things to hold people's feet to the fire to keep, uh, you know, uh, uh, the availability of nutritious food, the availability of dietary supplements, et cetera, of clean sources of water, we're going to lose that ability to maintain a modicum of control over what we put into our body. That's why this issue is so critically important. Yeah, they, the they beginning that of that pro- process is, is opening up to the idea that you may not have all the information and you may be wrong about what you currently think about how you eat. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, they made that point in one of the documentaries you put up. I think it was Food, Inc., where they said, um, they gave me the example of human growth hormone, how the public stood up and said, no, we're not putting up with this, and pretty much put that, that issue to rest. And, that, and you're right. I mean, as long as we don't go down too far down the road, we're getting to that point. We will we will be able to vote with our dollars, and if we say we don't want it, then then we, we won't you know we won't buy it. But you know, and, and they'll have they'll have to come up with something else. Like you have to keep trying, and I'm sure they will. But um, if we go too far down the road, we become into that vicious circle, like you're talking about, where we, we don't have the ability anymore to discern. And it's funny you mentioned the I was wrong because um, that to me is a prerequisite to have the blank slate. You have to be able to say that. And I was talking to someone last night about that on the phone, and I said. What was it that Fonzie could never say on, on Happy Days? He could never say these three, three words. Right. And, I, I, and that was a lesson. And, of course, the, the dope I was talking to, he didn't understand what I was saying. But right. he's asleep as can be. But I said he, he couldn't say I was wrong because that's the hardest thing to do. But, see, right. I've done that. I've done it with, with ease. I, yeah, was I fooled? Yes. But, you know what, I'd rather be fooled 42 years of my life and then pick up the pieces and, and learn the, the, the remainder then to just keep insisting, no, I'm, I'm right, I'm right, no, I'm right. And then suffering as a result. That's right. That's exactly right. That is just a brilliant point right there. That's what it's all about. You know, he could, Fonzie couldn't say, I'm sorry. The words just couldn't come out of his mouth. I was wrong. He goes, I, I, I was rude. <laughs> he couldn't say wrong. And I, thought that was, I thought it was very appropriate because it's not easy to admit you're wrong. But you know what? If you're going to move on and start over, you have to do it. And we all have to do it. I mean, at some point, I think a lot of people are going to say they were wrong when, when they start seeing the, uh, the tangible effects of, of their, their being misled. Right, right, right. And even sometimes they, they won't bend. They'll go to the grave. You know, I, I'm telling you, members of my family have cancer, have c- contracted cancer, you know, ha- had parts of their body cut out and still won't change their diet. Walking around with hernias because they're overweight. Walking around with all kinds of heart conditions and diseases. All I could say is, and just up heart failure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All I, all I could say is, if you're at that point, you pretty much give it up. Oh yeah, you you don't have any self-respect for yourself. You know, there's there's such little will there that you just say, oh, I've I've done this this far. I don't care what I do to my body. You know. But let me let me tell you a little anecdote. Okay, and this connects in a little bit with what we're going to talk about next week. 
I'm a psychedelic voyager. I have been in the past, okay? Psychedelics are something that I've used as a tool. I've communed with certain consciousnesses through psychedelic mediums, shall we say, okay? I think that's every being's birthright. They choose to enter that space. Now, while communing with the psilocybin mushroom one day in the past, and this is when I was not eating so well, let's just say, uh, you know, that's an understatement, okay? The psychedelic voice in the throes of the psychedelic experience basically said, stop neglecting the body. The body is not to be neglected in this equation. The body is important. The body is needed. It is an integral part of the whole. That's what the voice of that, of that communion said. And that is what psychedelics are. It's, a, it's an active form of communion. Entheogenic compounds. We'll talk about this a little bit next week. But I'd like to just share that as a personal experience. The, the, that, that communion, the voice of that communion basically said, what you're doing with the body is wrong. Stop ignoring it. You know a little bit about the spiritual side of this, about the mental aspect of it, but you're largely ignoring the body aspect of it. You know, this, this information about food came to me the latest in this awakening, believe it or not. I wish it were the other way around. I wish I would have woken up to this early in the process of awakening. But the food connection about how they destabilize the mind-body connection, that came to me as one of the last, pieces of the puzzle, believe it or not. Probably would have been easier for you because you would have been more predisposed to, to take in the information that fish faster. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Chris, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for calling in. One thing I want to say, Mark, is yeah. I am not a tent pitcher. I'm going to the top of the mountain or I'm going to die trying. You can take that to the bank. Well, I, I, I salute you for that, man, and uh, we'll be going there together, my friend. All right, thanks, Mark. You take care. You too, man. Good night. All right, here we go. Another caller on the uh, on the talk show live forum as guest number six. You are on live on what on earth is happening? What do you have for us, caller? Guest six, are you there? Looks like you called in, but. Uh, if you're having uh, problems, call back in. Going once, going twice, gone. Okay. Uh, I was talking about this with a friend earlier. Um, the callers that we get into this show, again, uh, always amaze me, always uh, surprise me, and uh, I'm always delighted because I think we get the best callers into this show than any other um show on the internet, on, on alternative media period, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's just great to see, and, uh, you know, it's great to see people really opening up and uh, really deeply, deeply integrating some of these concepts and some of this information. Let's see. Okay. Um, I have a few other things about food, and then, like I said, next week we'll get into 
the pharmaceutical industry and how they're really creating more problems than they solve uh, putting people on these artificial chemical compounds that we call drugs and um, not telling them about how so many health disorders can be cured and basically solved by bringing the body back to balance with the food that we put into our body. And it's so sad that these fields are so disconnected, that medicine is so disconnected from nutrition. These things need to be hand in hand, and yet they are dichotomized. Again, the first doctor of Western civilization, Hippocrates, the uh, Greek um, the Greek doctor who the Hippocratic Oath is named after, Hippocrates, said, let thy food be thy medicine, and thy medicine be thy food. And this is a, a fundamental principle that people should be living by today in the modern world, but sadly, so few people are. I go to families' houses, and I see tons and tons and tons of medication piled up, bottle after bottle after bottle, taking 18, 19, 20, 25 pills a day. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's, let's run down the list again and just see if there's anything uh, I still want to cover. Um, I want to, again, thank Barb for helping me compile this list because I knew there were so many things that uh, you could get to about talking about food that this could be a whole show in and of itself. And there are many people that this is what they talk about on their show. Um, and do a whole radio program centered on this because it's such a big field and it is so important to what's going on in the world. Uh, we talked about deceptive labels. We talked about GMO. We talked about um, uh, the legislation that they're passing. I mentioned some of the uh, documentaries. Look on the um, Look on the podcast for this show for some new documentaries this week that I'll post links to, as many as I can find that I mentioned here uh, tonight. Let's see. Um, yeah, n next week we'll talk about unnecessary drugs that people take that can be solved with uh, natural remedies. Surgery, it's another thing that, that is sold a lot of times that are, that are unnecessary. Surgeries, because these are the two main um, selling points for hospitals and doctors. They want to sell you their main products, and their main products are drugs and surgery. That's what, that's what they're there to sell. Vaccines and flu shots we'll look at, uh, and we will look at antidepressants, the SSRI uh, classification of uh, medications. Uh, this is, these are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And I have um, a lot of information that I want to share on those and what they basically do. So that'll be next week. Let's see if I, if I skipped over anything on the list here. Um, people should take a look at the movie Super Size Me. Uh, that's something that uh, came out a couple of years ago. A, a man basically lived on McDonald's only, McDonald's food only for months and basically wanted to see what would happen to his physiology, to his overall state of health, if he just ate nothing but McDonald's food for a month. And uh, it's an interesting 
documentary, Supersize Me. Something we didn't talk about yet is, you know, I talk about organic, locally grown food as being one of the solutions to this mess that we've gotten ourselves into when it comes to what's in our food. Yet, look at how overpriced some of this food is. And this is also by design. You know, we can't just think that some of these people uh, who own these supermarket chains are you know, such wonderful humanitarians because they're offering a better uh, dietary choice and a better selection than our conventional supermarket. These people are largely in it to make a profit. And the, the ridiculous way that some of these organic uh, foods are overpriced are just locking so many people out of doing what's right because they can't afford it, especially people with larger families that, that have to really, really worry about this stuff because they're feeding children, not just themselves. But, you know, Whole Foods is no angel. You know, for people that, that shop there, I love the store. I think it's great. I shop there sometimes, but they're no angels. You know, they're jacking up their prices to ridiculous levels because they know that they can charge a premium and get away with it because they know organic whole food is in demand. They know people fundamentally recognize, whether at a conscious or unconscious level, that something isn't right with the food that they're traditionally, they've traditionally been getting, that they have to eat more to get the same amount of nutrient value, that the nutrient density of their food is completely depleted, that there's toxins and additives and preservatives and chemicals laden throughout their food. There are people who know, know about this, and when they go to an alternative choice like a Whole Foods, they find it you know, they have to pay twice the amount that they were paying for conventionally grown foods, which is ridiculous because they, they're using practices that are actually not as difficult and not as time-consuming and not as, uh, you know, dependent on so many other variables to do it. It's a more holistic and natural way of farming. I don't see why that would cost so exorbitantly much more than conventionally grown food. I guess it's because of the bulk that it's done in, because it's done at a not as, not as large of a, 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 a bulk production rate. But still, I mean, if you look at the profit margins of a place like Whole Foods. Come on. I mean, it's rape is what it is. Trader Joe's, uh, a little bit better. The selection, not quite as good as a place like Whole Foods. Uh, I don't know if you have these in the area of the country where you're at, but we do in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And uh, I, I think Trader Joe's is a great store. I think they're a little bit more in keeping with uh, a little bit fairer pricing ranges than someplace like Whole Foods. But uh, if anybody wants to call in and bring up some... Uh, names of other uh, places where they shop uh, that might be, uh, you know, a chain that other people can look into in their part of the country, uh, feel free, uh, you're welcome to do so. So pricing, I mean, that's another thing that keeps a lot of people out of this. They, they want to shop for convenience and price. And because organics aren't omnipresent, they may have to travel a little bit further and people are 
are, you know, loathe to do that. It upsets their normal routine, their normal schedule. I had to drive two blocks to go to the supermarket. Now I have to drive 12 or 20. Be surprised. You would be surprised at what turns a lot of people off to do things that they know they should be doing, but they want to just be lazy. They want to take a shortcut. You know, it's the same thing. People think they're going to get to the goal. They're going to get to the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and they're never going to learn about any of this stuff. It'll just magically happen. Magically. The world will suddenly magically transform itself. You won't have to do any deep reading. You won't have to amalgamate large quantities of information and, and weigh that with your own critical thinking capabilities. Oh, no, it'll just happen magically on its own. You'll just, you'll just wish for it, and then it'll suddenly take place. You know, this fake notion of the law of attraction. Think about what you want, and it magically comes to you. And the law of attraction doesn't work like that, folks. If you believe it does, you need to get off the new age drug that, that you've been taking, because that's not how it works. It's about will. That's why the dominators, and we've talked about this before, that's why they're so successful. They have the will to do what they're doing. They think, feel, and act as one. They're not in opposition. And people don't want to hear that. They don't want to study the occult. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll magically get out of this prison that we've worked ourselves into, and none of us will have to learn anything about the occult. Right. Sure you will. Sure you will. Caller from Ohio. I know who this is. You're on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Hello, Mark. How are we doing tonight? It's Bob. Bob, how are you? Good to hear from you. Good, good. Hey, uh, I didn't know if you brought up the topic of irradiated food. I did not. Thank you. That is something that I glossed over, but definitely they are irradiating food to try ostensibly to kill microbes and bacteria. And what this is doing is changing the fundamental cellular structure of the food that we eat. And ultimately that comes down to changing the fundamental structure of our bodies because we are what we eat. And it is also robbing the nutrient value and it is also killing live enzymes that are necessary in the food for us to take in as nature intended it. So yes, very uh, very important information. Thank you, uh, Bob, for bringing that up. It's something I missed, definitely. Oh, that's my pleasure, Mark. Uh, excellent topic tonight. Yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that, uh, the, just as Mark very eloquently pointed out, the, the idea or what is sold to us as the public is that we're going to protect you from all the harmful bacteria and, and virus-like uh, things uh, that uh, we like to put in your flu shots, but instead we're going to protect you from that in your food. Uh, but what they are doing is exactly what Mark described. They are killing every bit of nutrition inside. They're, they're uh, erasing it. They're, it, it. Just imagine it being on a, a, a white, uh, from a colored uh, piece of fruit to a white, pale, uh, uh, opaque piece of fruit. And that is where we're at. But it still looks that wonderful, uh, painful, pinkish, uh, Hugh, at the at the grocery store, you know those tomatoes that have never seen the light of day. What what garbage uh, uh, I am putting in my system 
uh, and you, you brought up, Mark, that it is very expensive to switch over to an organic diet. If you can even find true organic food, food is labeled these days organic, and it is not organic. So people have to do more homework to get to what is really – and I, you brought up Ezekiel bread. Thank you, Mark. If you, yep. Mark, could post – uh, on your site, some recommended, uh, um, you know, uh, items or, or chains or what have you, uh, or food f- food categories and the different kinds of brands that might be good for us to check out. I know I need that information. And thank you, Mark. And and, and one last thing, Mark. Yes. Uh, next week, uh, if when you're going to touch on psilocybin and the, the sacred mushroom, because ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've been bred, uh, sorry, we've been indoctrinated in our culture that the mushroom, the, the magic mushroom, so to speak, oh, that's that hippie drug, it could be farther, it could be no farther from the truth. This is a sacred mushroom that was part of our reality in the ancient days, which has been washed out of our culture. And now they put drugs uh, that, that are horrible. Those are the true uh, uh, compounds uh, that are, are, are for the worst psychedelic. I'm talking about the Holy Communion as Mark participated in with the Spirit. This is the manna from heaven that would disappear quickly in the sunlight underneath the pine trees. This is where Christmas has gathered around. Even today, the Catholic garb uh, will show the priest in gold regalia with red shoulder boards and a white uh, uh, decoration because it represents the sacred Amanita Muscaria. Uh, look up John Allegro, uh, the sacred mushroom and the cross. Uh, he was uh, Britain's chosen scholar to go to the uh, Israel in the late uh, early early fifties, late forties to be the first British uh, uh, subject to look at the scrolls, to, to, to look the, at them up close. And he transcribed a, a magical cult that was around Christianity, that was the cult of Christianity, uh, and that we later, uh, the, the Catholic Church, I might say, and I don't want to bash anybody's religion, but this was the culprit in this mess, uh, they stamped out the cult of the mushroom. And, Mark, I am so looking forward, and, and we know why, because only by the priest can you get to God. Right? Only the taker of the mushroom can talk to God. Right? They took that away from us. And we're gaining it back as, as we move forward. We are taking that back into our arsenal, into our own personal medicine cabinet, because the medicine is coming back, the true medicine of the shaman, of the Indians, we, we're, and even our culture of, from long ago. We're taking it back. Mark, thank you for this program, and I'm so looking forward to next week's show as well. Bob, thanks so much, as always. Appreciate it. Good night, Mark. Good night. Absolutely. Um, there is a reason that they basically turned communion into a dead thing. Religion turned communion into something that is inert, that does not react with us, that does not commune with us. It is just something that is consumed. And it is a symbol only now. In the past, communion was an active thing. It actually changed consciousness to show you the higher level of consciousness that was available to you. Then it brought you back down to the level that you were at to show you this is your work. Your work is to integrate that level of higher awareness into your life here and now. And that's what communion is supposed to be. If we break down the word communion, 
into its etymological components. So we do the etymology of the word. C-O-M, the root, in Latin means together, to bring together. C-O-M. And then munio, M-U-N-I-O, munio munire, in Latin, means to strengthen or to build. So, to come together in communion is to strengthen, to become strengthened together or to build together. That's what communion is. That's what a true community is. People who come together to strengthen each other and to build together. Builders. Right in the word, it's right there in communion. But, sadly, the active component of true communion of the mystery traditions throughout time, the true positive mystery traditions, has been relegated to an inert substance, a piece of unleavened bread. The mushroom is a sacred communion. That's what it is. And it should be treated as such with that kind of reverence that goes along with something like that. Because it is something that is truly capable, if used in the proper context. I am in no way advocating to play around with these things. They're not even things. They're beings. Don't play around and play games with these consciousnesses. Because you'll get stung hard, too. Not gently, either. You go into that in ego, guaranteed you're not coming out in too much ego. That's why people who are really egoic don't want any dealings with this. They want to stay in their ego state. You know, they wouldn't dare commune with the, the, the uh, higher mind of the psilocybin mushroom because it would do a number on them. Believe it. It would, it would uh, break down that ego real quick. But uh, that's, that's, what, that's what it is, and we'll get into that a little bit next week when we talk about drugs, and we'll look at alternatives to those things, you know, particularly when it comes to the uh, psychological community. What, what the things that psychiatry is doing, putting people on, on different classes of uh, psychoactive compounds, uh, artificial psychoactive compounds, is ridiculous. So we'll look at that coming up next week. Uh, thanks, Bob, for uh, bringing that to the uh, attention of the listening audience. So we've covered a lot of ground here. We have a couple minutes left. Um, want to just remind people, please uh, keep an eye out. The show may be changing time over the next couple of weeks. We may be going from 8 to 10 p.m., so keep that in mind. Check out the website. Uh, uh, as Bob said, as Bob asked, I, I will try to do my best. I'll try to post some links to some uh, uh, better food stores, better places to shop, some things to be made aware of, some of the things we talked about on the show tonight. I'll post uh, links to documentaries for people to check out. Avail yourself of these resources. Go up to whatonearthishappening.com. Check out the podcast page, and you'll see the related uh, documents and uh, video section, uh, photo document and video section posted there with the podcast. So um, I think that's it. We'll call it quits here for uh, tonight. And um, again, next week's show, we will talk about drugs, the pharmaceutical industry, 
and the industry of the treatment of disease, not going down to the causal factors of disease, of imbalance, but just treating the symptoms of the disease. We'll talk about unnecessary drugs and surgery as being the main products of this industry. We'll get into vaccines and flu shots, which are, uh, is a real big hot topic uh, going around, especially nowadays. We'll get into HMOs and insurance companies. We'll talk about antidepressants, and we'll also talk about psychedelics a little bit. So that's all for tonight. I'll see you here next Tuesday night, same time, 7 o'clock p.m. I'm Mark Passio. You've been listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Revolution Broadcasting Internet Radio Network. Good night, everyone.